0: Bienvenidos a todos. Welcome to this week's Dig in espanol podcast. I am your host, Rosaura Montes. And in today's podcast, Dig in Espanol's managing news editor Anastasia Ochoa and arts editor Katie Gurley from the Daily 49er. Discuss the social and cultural relations between the Black, Afro-Latino, and Latinx communities alongside other participants. We'd like to thank everyone that participated and here are the highlights of the event. Thank you so much for joining us today. So my name is Anastasio Ochoa. I'm the managing news editor for Dig in Español, Cal State Long Beach's bilingual publication. And we're so happy that you were able to join us for this discussion. Uh, As part of our initiative for Black History Month, we wanted to have an open discussion on not just the identity of Afro-Latinidad, but also the relationship between the Black and the Latinx community. And I want to also start by thanking Katie Gurley of the Daily 49er to join us today and uh, help me in moderating this discussion. We want to start off by just like presenting the issue of the fact that there is a strained relationship between the Black and the Latinx community. Katie, do you want to start by sharing your initial thoughts on how you feel?
1: Sure. The term strained, to me at least, means here's the background of what I feel. I feel like both African-American and Latinx communities. We've had our own struggles and I feel like we should be each other's allies in certain cases. I feel bring unity across both communities. However, I feel like there's so much stuff going on in the world that kind of like strains us away. That's my idea on strained.
0: I think also like Katie and I were saying the other day too, is that it seems as though there is kind of like this sort of like generational stigma that has been like passed down. Well, at least from what I've experienced, like within my own community, which is crazy because one would think that these two groups would be more united in the sense that we do, while we do have differed lived experiences, we'd also fall under the umbrella of white supremacy, and we are able to share in the struggles of what it is to be part of a marginalized
2: community in the United States. I feel that a lot of us, you know, a lot of black and brown people, we grow up in the same community, you know, via um, our history in the United States of redlining, our communities, they, we lack the resources when we're not included in the census, and how our schools going to improve, how our, our our infrastructure and our community is going to improve if we're not if we're seen as less than a person. I see this divide when we are compared to say Asian Americans who are seen as the model minority, and then they pit black and brown communities against each other, especially black and black and black and, black and brown. And so when we keep on fighting each other over things that ultimately don't matter, like habitat or property or shit that just don't matter, then we are ignoring the larger issue of why we're in this position to begin with, which is the white man putting us in this position. And I feel like over generations of our communities just via the diaspora coming to the United States... We already are coming to this country with these notions of a racial, a post-racial society in Latin America, that there's this belief that, like, oh, okay, well, there was segregation in the United States. America is the issue, but in Latin America, races, you know, we're over that. And that's not the case. So when you come in with those mentalities to the United States and multiple generations go on kind of thinking that same thing. We end up with um, like that Jay Balvin music video where black women are on leashes and he is kind of the person uh, con- taming them, so to speak. It's tiny things like that, where we have to kind of, as a community, speak up and hold others accountable because what may have been seen as acceptable, maybe 10 years ago, 20 generations ago, is not something that we're trying to continue to uphold in, in this generation.
3: I think there's just still the notion where you guys explain about like this competition, who is better? I remember when the Black Panther 2 came out, I just recently saw it like last week, but when it came out in theaters, there was this fight among the Black and Hispanic community or Latinx community about like, you know, oh, you know, we beat you or blah 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 and stuff like this so it it kind of like still divided us more which is unnecessary because like it's a movie that represents all of us right both of us and whether it doesn't matter who's the villain or not it's like we're showing representation especially for like the darker skin hispanics who don't get that representation in the movies and but it's still like this fight among the community which i think is still a problem
1: both remarks were related to like film and TV. And it's crazy because society gets so heavily influenced on these, it be kind of becomes our like in real life situations, unfortunately, you know, they, in films, it it, it portrays us, us being against each other and it kind of like correlates to real life. So I feel like that was, those are two good points on how, you know, social media, film, TV, everything, music, things like that can influence All those type of strains that are put on both communities. Sometimes, like, some of of those, I guess, per se, self-identity, more so conceptions that we get about, you know, certain cultures comes from our families, believe it or not. Like, growing up, you know, as a child, you know, I had to educate myself, educate my family on certain things, what to say, what not to say. Um, you know respecting different cultures things like that
0: yeah definitely and there it's just it's crazy like when you actually like become more aware of just the anti-blackness that is rampant within the community and you call it out like I mean from my own personal experience I've had family members that use nicknames for just like other family members that are rooted in just anti-Black sentiment, for example, like calling someone Prieto or calling someone Chato, like that's all stems from like what their features look like, whether it's having like a wider nose or having just more of a darker complexion. And there are also terms that are rooted in anti- indigeneity too, but just like, I think anti-Blackness is like the prevalent issue that occurs at least like within the Latin Latina community. And um, yeah, I just, I think it really starts with us as you know a younger generation and saying when do we want it to stop and just making a change.
3: The spread of misinformation can like directly affect these communities, especially like these rhetorics. And I'm not even talking about like one community going from the other. I'm talking about specifically outside communities affecting the black um and Latinx communities. Like you know, black people commit 50 for, 50% of the crimes or all Mexicans are rapists and stuff like that that continue to be circulated around the media and social media and people don't you know they just go with the flow they don't fact check I mean obviously how can you fact check that that's like completely wrong but they just automatically believe it without like questioning stuff without like you know learning new stuff and they just like take it into consideration and ultimately this can just have a continued effect on these communities especially those um low-income and underfunded with barely access to healthcare and along the lines like that. So it's like important for people to understand how to check for information, understand that these rhetorics are harmful and yeah, and just be educated on that.
0: What are the solutions moving forward? How do we want to better, not just our communities for our current generation, but for future generations? And how do we sort of bridge that gap? of that strain that has existed for so long between the Black and the Latinx community?
1: It literally starts with us. You know, a lot of the newer generation are, we got to kind of relate to what what they're looking at and what they're doing. Obviously, we're in the age of TikTok, social media, having like events, gatherings, things like that, you know, offering them to come to some of our like gatherings to educate our, on themselves. And I was going to some of Other events as well, I feel like can help, but educate, 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 and also like educate, you know, your parents, things like that. You know, it's from my personal experience, my family, like kind of like brainwashed me to think certain things growing up and you just have to break the cycle and, you know, literally break the cycle. And I feel like we just have to come together. And also we have to, to be the change. So there can be a change. In media, like television and things like that, I'm tired of seeing, you know, film directors and things like that, like putting us apart in films, making us portray as weak and, you know, not capable of holding your own, coming together, unifying things like that. I feel like there should be more, you know, perseverance.
3: Oh, I just wanted to first touch base on what um, Katie had mentioned, um, where she said um, that starts with us, and I think it's also about us creating boundaries when it comes to like what is allowed and what's not like respecting each other's boundaries especially when it comes to the n-word like the n-word like honestly i don't I'd rather not even black people not say it because I just don't think you know it needs to be said anymore. But like in the Latinx community, it's like heavily said, and then you know we say you know don't say it, but it's like oh well my black friend told me to say or something like that, and like you know I'm your brother, like we share. No, it's a boundary set, and also I think like uh, my boyfriend's parents are from Mexico, one is from Nayarit and one is from Jalisco, right? And they have like their different like terms on what they say about black people, but you had mentioned um and so like my suagra, she like told me you know well I'm gonna like you know I might call you know my grandchildren like I think the term is chonguito like little monkey or something like that because they're gonna be like acting wild and stuff and like or like certain like phrases that you know the grandparents the great-grandparents might call you know our children and stuff like that depending on like the future if they're like darker skin tone and so I just like Like, no, I don't want you, like, having that, I don't want that, like, description of my children, just call them, you know, little cute names, like, puppy, or something like that, something cute, like, or, you know, like, but not, like, something that attributes, like, into, like, a deeper, you know, racist attitude, even though it's, like, part of your culture, it's, like, something that's, like, not necessary to, like, refer to someone of a different ethnicity or race or something like that.
1: Uh, I was just gonna feed off really quickly on what Lola mentioned about setting boundaries. That's very important. Uh, I feel like, you know, sometimes you can't be passive on certain things that people comment on, you know, side conversations of like, you know, perhaps saying the N word or saying other word slang that's inappropriate in the Latinx community as well. But sometimes we just can't be passive. We have to confront the problem and, Educate them, like I mentioned before. But I really strongly agree with what Lola mentioned about setting boundaries. It's very important because if we don't, they're gonna pass it on to someone else, and they're gonna think that's okay, and they're gonna run into the wrong person one day maybe. It's that's why it it's my responsibility to educate them so they don't have to make that mistake and learn from it.
0: Well, honestly, I'm so happy with how this discussion turned out. Um, I really. We got a lot of great perspectives. And again, like, thank you so much, Katie, for helping us out with this and for agreeing to lead the discussion with us. I really hope that we can have more discussions like this in the future. Um, we definitely will plan some in the months ahead. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, highlighting key moments of our discussion this past week. Stay tuned next week for more Dig in Espanol content and events. Have a good one.